This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. This is fresh, though. This isn't just the old, same old. Speculation. Actually, we have, wow. Something came across from the Vikings' official Twitter account here. What? The Vikings' official Twitter account. Oh, yeah, okay. During the commercial break. A statement from Rick Spielman. We're gonna miss Esquire. Winter. We're gonna miss Winter Park, and we're l- looking forward to going to that really long name facility in Egan. Nope, not quite that. But okay. here is the statement from Rick Spielman. You guys ready for this information-packed statement? Pumped up. <laughs> Quote: <laughs> We're going to have to make a decision, and that time is going to come here relatively shortly. And we're working through that process right now. End quote. Sounds yes! Like, sounds like me talking about my dinner plans for Friday nights. <laughs> I thought your dinner plans are find out what Judd or Don wants to do and go with it. Well, exactly. We're gonna yes. Find out who Zim wants to play quarterback and go with it. Is that what the plan is? Don's here? like a scout or coach, and I'm the GM. <laughs> she tells me what to do, and then I go do it. I'm a great GM. I'm very successful because oh, of that. Oh my god. Or at least I think I am. <laughs> yeah. So here's what we know. Let's let's start to read some tea leaves here. Let's start to to add some things up. Yes. Ian Rapoport from NFL Network reported this about a half hour ago. The Vikings are not expected to franchise tag Case Keenum, and he's slated to hit free agency per sources with knowledge of the team's thinking. Barring a change of heart, Minnesota joins the fray for a starting quarterback and will make these next few weeks fascinating. Okay, that's one piece of the puzzle here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to another piece of the puzzle. Now, Gil Brandt, legendary front office guy, not as plugged in as he used to be in like the 1920s, but he's pretty plugged in or to scouts. The, or and, even the 90s, yes. Sure, but, but like he doesn't just pull things out of thin air, all right? So somebody asked Gil Brandt on Twitter here. Yes, he's a tweeting machine. Him and Patrick Royce and Jim Cott are like the uh, the best old guy tweeters around here. So somebody says, hey, Gil Brandt, just a hunch, but from a few things you've said, it sounds like someone whispered to the Godfather that Cousins will sign with the Vikings. Is that true? And the Godfather retweets, if I were a betting man, I'd say the Vikings is the spot that Kirk Cousins lands. Hmm. Certainly interest on both sides. Hmm. Very plausible, very Mm -hmm. believable. And then there's this. This is from Charles Robinson, our friend from Yahoo Sports. He is sometimes like sitting in the back seat of NFL executives, I feel like. He the information that guy tracks down when he used to cover college football yeah, it's, and now the NFL is, is pretty good. Yep. 
So he says, uh, someone tweets at him, you think uh, Kirk Cousins would choose Denver over Minnesota if the offer is the same? Charles Robinson says, I have no idea if the Vikings and and, and Cousins is real yet, but here's the thing. The teams and contract numbers you hear about Kirk Cousins coming out of the NFL Combine will be the most dependable. The game takes shape in the next week. I can't stress that enough. Well, if the game takes shape in the next week and... All kinds of signs are pointing to the Vikings being done with Keenum. Mm-hmm. Probably not willing to hitch their entire wagon to Bridgewater. I think they're going after Kirk Cousins. I think, let's read the tea leaves here. Well, let me I think they're done with the uncertainty, and they're going to make a big push for Kirk Cousins. I think it's either, and the Keenum decision does not surprise me in the least. I think it's either Bridgewater comes back as the starter and uh, McCowan is signed to back him up, or, or they're going to pursue Cousins. And let me help you with the tea leaves by giving you some salary cap space, okay? The Jets have $79 million in cap space to work with. They're going to pursue Cousins. Denver, which I'm sure would love to get him right now, and they can make some moves here, so this is not set in stone, but as of today, they have $26 million in cap space. The Vikings are at 53. Yeah. I think the logical conclusion is the Jets are either going to try and blow Cousins away, absolutely say we'll almost guarantee your whole contract, which I don't see the Vikings doing. If the Jets don't do that at $53 million, I think the Vikings have a great (laughs) chance to get Kirk Cousins. If the Jets don't do that. If the Jets say, we'll pay you well, but we're not going to pay you, but we're not going to guarantee X amount, I think Rick might be onto something. Yeah. Rick and his 18 offensive assistant coaches now that they've got Downing and Stefanski <laughs> and uh, yeah. DeFilippo. Yeah. Well, you know, it's – and think about this. If you're Spielman, yeah, I, I think your ego is tied to Teddy Bridgewater in that you drafted him. You want to see this thing through. He's come back from the injury enough to at least play in an NFL game. So your your ego would probably lean toward Bridgewater to some degree and Mike Zimmer too. But aren't you sick of the uncertainty at quarterback? I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes and their thinking, and they're not going to be too open about this until the day they make the move that they're going to make. But there's been so much uncertainty surrounding that position for the Vikings for so long, and so many times where the window opens for an NFC Championship game, and they lose, and then the window slams shut because of mostly uncertainty at quarterback. Mm -hmm. 1998, uncertainty surrounding... A guy in his mid to late 30s, Randall Cunningham, and maybe if they had a franchise quarterback, a John Elway type, maybe they still wind up missing their window to win a championship because 98 was the golden opportunity. But the window slammed shut because they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. Jeff George, rookie Dante Culpepper the next year. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, Brett Favre, 2009. That window didn't have to slam shut. I know the, the roster was aging and the Williams well was getting older and Jared Allen was getting older, so it wasn't going to be the same collection. But like Brett Favre was 40. He was 41. They had to drag him back from Hattiesburg in 2010 because they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. Right, but if their perception is, is that they can now solve this problem, if they sign Cousins and they think we could solve this for four or five years, that's my point. Now, but they might, but they might have. It, it might be simpler than that. They might very well have sat down and and did the same exercise that we did in the studio last week, which is. Okay, gentlemen, let's run through a list of, of five QB options or so. Or let's just and listen let's to ans- the podcast of the Mackie and Judge Show and let them do the work for us. And let's answer one very simple question. Who do we think can win us a Super Bowl in 2018? That's the most important thing. Because you might say, well, Teddy, you know, if Teddy comes back and he's been off for two years, but let's say he gets his uh let's say he gets his feet wet again in 2018, and we think that damn it, we could win a Super Bowl with Teddy in 2020. Well, your problem is that your defense is really good right now. 
So if you went through the exercise and said, because if you win the Super Bowl, nothing else is that important. Mm -hmm. Like if you're saying, boy, but Kirk Cousins might struggle in 2022. Well, if you have a Super Bowl from the 2018 season, guess what? You're not hung up on that fact. Actually, here's a a possible scenario that we haven't really discussed. I think we just assume that if they sign Kirk Cousins, then Teddy Bridgewater is going to go somewhere else and that you're kind of deciding between the next five years incorporating Bridgewater or giving it to Kirk Cousins. It's possible that because the other 31 teams in the NFL really have no idea what Bridgewater, like they, they saw him flailing for three passes in one game in early December. They haven't seen him at practice. They haven't seen him in a preseason game, even since the injury that the Vikings could offer Bridgewater. Let's say a two year, kind of a, kind of a backup quarterback deal. They Let's say they sign cousins and then they offer Bridgewater. We'll get, we're going to bring you back for two years. It's up to you. I mean, you're a free agent, so you can go anywhere you want. But we're going to bring you back for a couple years, let you get into a preseason game with us and this infrastructure. If something goes wrong and Kirk Cousins gets hurt, like there's incentives to bloat your contract up to 5 or $10 million. But keeping Bridgewater on as a backup, if nobody else offers him competitive starter money, and then trying to trade him once teams have seen him in a preseason game. So you kind of tell the NFL, all right, and Bridgewater, we're going to bring you back as a backup. And realistically, there's so many options out there between McCown and Keenum and draft picks. Like, you're ninth on the list right now. And Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees is going back to New Orleans. Be our backup behind Kirk Cousins. It'll only be a, like a two-year contract. So you can then get into, a, get into four preseason games and put that on film and boost your stock and do it with the Vikings mm-hmm. and stay here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obviously his choice because he'd be a free agent. And then if he plays well in the preseason, now the other teams would say, oh, okay, all right, now that we get to see him after working out all offseason and and you know playing in four different preseason games, now maybe we're willing to – so maybe right. you can get the best of both worlds if you want Teddy and Kirk Cousins. I think if Just going to float that out there. I think if they sign Cousins, they're not going to care that much. And I think it, it also comes down uh, to this as well. Because quarterbacks are valued so much – do does like do the Dolphins come along and say, you know what, we'll sign you. But I just I keep going back to the fact that as expensive as Cousins is going to be, and it's it comes with risk, certainly. That if you have the Vikings clearly now have a lot of faith in, in their offensive system, and they should have faith in their offensive personnel around the quarterback, that they very well might come to the conclusion of Cousins would be the perfect fit because. He might not be a star quarterback, and, and he might be what people call a systems quarterback, but all of those things being said, when your system includes Cook in the backfield, when it includes Diggs, it includes Thielen, you're now talking about a, a surrounding cast and structure that would give him a really good chance. No. 651-646-8255. What's up, Howard? A couple of things. If I'm the Vikings, I go to the Redskins and try to strike a deal now. You give up the two second round, two sixth-round draft picks they got is a supplementary because why do you want him going out to the market? Second of all, the problem with Teddy is even if he plays four preseason games, will be nothing to anybody because it's all vanilla defenses. You want to tell me that he's not going to be able to move a little? Fine, but you're playing usually man-on-man. No one's showing anything, and no one's giving you anything more than a fifth or sixth at that time, and you're still left without a backup quarterback. If you can bring him back for the for three, four million, you keep him for the two years. You don't trade him. Yeah, I, I would say this. Thank you, Howard. It's not about whether Teddy Bridgewater carves up vanilla defenses. It's literally about whether he can get out there and play in games and show 
put on film that he can play in games. Yeah, move around. Because like teams teams haven't yep. seen it. Like they saw him for five minutes in a preseason game or in a in a December blowout. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the only time that they've seen him. Uh, there's more stuff on 1500ESPN.com about the Rappaport report. And the, the Gil Brandt tweet is interesting, too, because someone is clearly telling him in the know. He's not just making it up. This is a longtime legendary NFL executive saying he thinks if he were a betting man, well, Kirk Cousins winds up with the Vikings. And keep in mind, too, that that this this team, since the Wilfs bought it, when they see an opportunity on the open market, they go they go after it. This is not well, a, a trade market. Jared Allen? Sure, but I mean, this is not a that-would-be-surprising type of move. If they have deemed that this is the guy, they'll pay him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. I, I know Chansey is a huge Case Keenum supporter. Your thoughts, Chansey? Uh, thanks, Phil. Yeah, I do like Keenum, but I would agree to this: if they can sign Cousins over Keenum, I am in favor of that option. So yeah. I've always said that I uh, I pick Cousins over Keenum. I guess if the option is Bridgewater and McCown or something like that, then I do think this is a mistake to. Uh, to not be given the franchise tag to Keenum. But can I follow up on one thing that uh, when we were talking on the phone last week, Mackie, you know, you had said afterwards that why do Vikings fans trust Mike Zimmer as a great coach, but when it comes to the QB decision, not seem to trust him. If he thinks yeah. that, say, Bridgewater's the man, whatever, however you want to word it. Uh, I, for one, I'm just speaking for myself, don't think Mike Zimmer is a great head coach. Now, I'm not calling for his head or saying he should be fired or anything like that. But I would give him a B grade as a coach, and uh, I, you know, and that's primarily based on his defensive prowess. I mean, the defense has been good; they've improved a lot since he's been there. They still don't create enough turnovers for my liking. But I mean, offensively, is there anything to suggest that he is a great offensive mind? Uh, why? Because they have a good defense, and the team has improved. Should we trust him entirely with a QB decision? And so I, I was just going to answer your question when you brought that up last week. I mean, if you look at some of the offensive things that he does do. Some of the clock management, I think, is questionable. Uh, I think some of his challenges are questionable. And like I said, the defense doesn't create enough turnovers. He got out-schemed in the NFC title game against Philly. The uh, notion that Mike Zimmer is an A-plus elite NFL coach, I think, should be questioned a little bit. Uh, Like I said, not calling for him to be fired, but that's my two cents on that. Right on. Yeah, thanks, Chancey. I I would say... I agree. I think he lost credibility. Not all of it, but like he went down a half notch because of the NFC Championship game for me. I still think he's. I mean, I I don't know if I can name five coaches who are definitively better as head guys in the NFL the last few years. Bill Belichick's in a different universe. Um, but one thing that Mike Zimmer has done a great job of offensively is knowing that he probably needs to outsource some things to smart people. And he's done that. Yeah. He's, he's hired some really good offensive assistants to to carry out a plan that has put he, the Vikings in the playoffs a couple times. When it comes to Keenum, I'm, I'm willing to go along with Zimmer based on this. He was so definitively sure throughout the year that, that he didn't trust him. Like, if he had wavered, I'd be like, come on. Yeah. But he, from day one essentially was was operating under the theory and then eventually said it that Case Keenum was playing with a horseshoe up his butt. I mean he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he and so so he was so sure of that it was hard it was hard to question it. If he had said, "Well, I really like him and then I didn't like him and then I'd say, "Come on, make a decision." But he didn't. He was never sure and you could tell what he saw coming and it happened. Yeah. So, so this is just the beginning of 
another level of reckless speculation now that the Vikings reportedly are not going to franchise tag. Well, wait till the case. Keno. Wait till uh, collars down at the combine on Thursday and Friday. You yeah. want reckless? We'll give, we'll give you reckless. We got collar at the combine. We got Wetmore in Fort Myers. Let's come back. The NHL trade deadline is coming up here very shortly this afternoon. We already said goodbye to one wild player, and there's been a huge trade in the Western Conference that we have to get to. Let's talk to Tom Charsky when we come back. Mackie and Judd on the TSO broadcast. Two guys, Woo! one topic. Sports. Mackie and Judd are back. Hamburg is crazy. On 1500 ESPN. 20 seconds left. Spurgeon around one man, then knocked away by Burns. Spurgeon wins it back. Zucker's out front. Back to Spurgeon. He scores! And the Wild win it in overtime! NHL trade deadline looms at 2 p.m. Central uh, today. We've had some moves that we will talk about in a second here. Tom Chorsky, Fox Sports North, the former gopher and NHL player, joins the show. Tommy, appreciate the time. Uh, are you comfortable with the fact that it appears the Wild is going to stand pat, and if they do make a move, it'll probably be pretty minor? Well, yeah, I think based on the fact that, um, you know, their last couple of years, I guess I'd say their moves really didn't help. Um, I don't know that they, you know, that they hurt, but they didn't help. And so I guess I'm comfortable based on, based on recent history that uh, it hasn't really worked to try and make a, uh, you know, not a huge splash, but even but try to make some sort of significant moves, which I thought Chuck Butcher tried to do, but they just didn't really pan out. And the team right now is going in the right direction. Here's my thought: in three weeks, if if you can sign Greenway when, when BU is done playing, he's a six foot six wing, and I, I think he would slot in almost immediately as a top six guy. That to me is essentially your trade because that kid can make a, a difference. I think instantly and be an impact player into the playoffs. Right, and and that's certainly a factor here. Um, you know, the Wild made that move to free up some space uh, by putting uh, Chris Stewart on on waivers, and he got picked up by Calgary. So now he's, you know, off the payroll and and off the uh, roster. So they, you know, they're doing some things to try and create um, potential space to make moves, but then you also have, as you mentioned, that uh, a highly touted prospect out there in college that just showed very well in the Olympics that uh, he's on the doorstep of becoming an NHL player, and yeah, he's intriguing to see if, if he could be uh, a piece for the Wild in the playoffs. So Tom, what is, it's, it's been a pretty similar pattern for the Wild the last half decade or so where they, they put together... Uh, a hot stretch in the second half of the of the regular season, and then they get to the first or second round, and that's kind of where the story ends. Are you optimistic, or do you see anything in this team that would lead you to believe that they could break through to a new level? I don't know, conference finals, or just so, that that they could carry this forward in a way that they haven't yet. Um, that's all order. I think when you when you compare them to teams like uh, the Nashville Predators or the Winnipeg Jets, um, and and that's. Certainly, the Wild have been able to beat them on occasion. You know, you can beat them on a on a on a Tuesday night in January or a Friday night in in February. But you know, when you're looking at a at a, a seven game series or a, a series to win four games, um, it becomes it becomes a different matter and and it becomes very strategic. And teams can put together a strategy that can shut down you know an opposing team and that's not to say the wild can't do it as well but that's why teams go out and, and really fortify their lineup and make it very difficult for 
their opposition to build a strategy that's really going to be able to work both on the road and at home. Um, and and so I think, you know, while the Wild is going in, in the right direction and they've started to win on the road, and they certainly have the capability of getting very hot, and I think they've got good enough goaltending and they've got good enough players in place, again, a seven-game series or, or a series to win four games becomes very tough against a team like the Predators and, and it looks like even uh, Winnipeg. Tom, what uh, potentially concerns you the most in a series for this team right now? If they if they were to start a series against a quality Western Conference foe, what would you say would be your primary concern about what the Wild could not do in that series? Um, well, I think probably offense is, is a bit of a concern because we haven't seen quite enough consistent um, offensive output by Nino Niederreiter and, and Jason Zucker um, and the guys that they really re- rely on. You know, we have seen some some episodes of scoring by committee, and when you get that, it feels great, and it starts to feel like you've got a really um, uh, depthful team and, and that you could pose some, some challenges for teams to try and pick their spots where they're going to shut you down. But uh, I would say it's on the offensive side. I think defensively, we've got some, some very good mobile defensemen. Uh, we've got some forwards that can play good defense and shut down. You know, Miko Koivu, as much as people want to criticize him for what he doesn't do, um, in a playoff scenario, he, he is a guy that could shut down, you know, an opposing top offensive player, which would help. But mm-hmm. you, still have to, you still have to outscore the opponent. Granlund, uh, Tom, these past two games has been fantastic. Is it? Do you think, in your mind, it's as simple as as going from the Koivu line to the stall line? Because I mean, there's something when you see the past two games from Granlund. This is the player who we look at at times and say this is a consistent All Star. We don't see it enough. And the only thing I can find in common about why it changed is they moved him from the Koivu line, I think, for the Ranger game, starting with that one, to the Stahl and Zucker line. Right. And Stahl's been great, and uh, and Zucker I mean, has been very, very good for most part. Just had, you know, he's had a couple dry spells. Um, therein lies the problem. Uh, you know, those guys played, were just dominant in New York and, and have had good seasons. Stahl has been, uh, you know, outstanding for probably for what we expected, but he also brings leadership and, and a lot of experience, which would be helpful and will be helpful in the playoffs. But if you put those three guys together on a line, now the opposition is going to do something to counteract that and and probably can put together a shutdown line and, and, and make sure that they've got the defensing pairings they want against those guys True. and kind of slow them down. I'm not, not to say, you know, you won't keep them off the board, but they're not going to be as uh, as rampant as they, you know, have in the last few games. A trade, trade made today, uh, Tom, between the Jets and the Blues is pretty significant. Uh, Paul Stasny gets traded from the Blues to the Jets for a 2018 first-round pick, a, pros- a forward prospect, and a conditional 2020 fourth-round pick. Uh, this is intriguing to me, ma- mainly because unless the Blues make some type of corresponding move now, it looks like a dump. Uh, why would the Blues, in your mind, and, and I, I know they've been playing poorly as of late, but, but they're not that far out of a playoff spot, why would the Blues make that type of trade when you're so close to the playoffs still? Yeah, it is a little confusing. And, you know, they came out of the Blues came out of the gates. They looked like they would be the team in in uh, in the division and, and especially in the West. But um, they have skated, uh, really skated lately and obviously for the second half here. So I third out in 
I think we're losing. Uh, I think it's I think breaking we're up down there. But that I, that trade is surprising. We have to take a break. That was great stuff until that uh, the the phone kind of cut out there on the last answer. But uh, an hour and a half to go until the trade deadline and the Wild. It's it's unlikely they're going to make a big splash to add anything, but uh, they do have an open spot now that Chris Stewart is gone. I think. Don't you think the best case scenario for the Wild is that they take this collection, they stay somewhat hot, and then either Joel Erickson Eck has reached kind of a new level, or like they just have an influx of like Jordan Greenway yeah. comes up or something yes, in the last the smart, month and yes. then plays well, right? I'm not trading a first round pick again. Yeah. So yes, you got you you to look out for your future here with a bunch of 35 year olds on your team. If you take if you take this current co- uh, collection and say go as far as you possibly can, I'm fine with with that. What I won't, what I don't want them to do is trade a prospect or a first round pick. And the Hansel trade last year, which was an all in type of move, completely blew up. And I'm not if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm not making that type of deal again. Yeah, Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw our way next? One particular hockey question based off something Judd said. Oof, gosh, about three hours ago. All right. Uh, you're still on the air four hours, and you're still don't, on the air. Just don't call him Lomo, and I yeah. won't block you from Twitter. Yeah, the blockade is out. Uh, let's talk about Chris Lindahl here and the number one REMAX results team in America, which is what the Chris Lindahl team is. This is uh, probably the best marketing group when it comes to selling your home in the country. I mean, this is – you've seen the billboards all over town, and Chris is very self-deprecating too and that he just – you know he likes to uh, put himself out there, and he don't don't take for you know don't look at the billboards and think oh he's just the wacky billboard guy. And this is one of the most brilliant marketing people in the country in almost any industry. And what the Chris Lindahl team does is they take the full marketing package and apply it to the sale of your home to help you make perhaps tens of thousands of dollars more on the sale of your home than you otherwise would have. Uh, so what are they going to do for the 1500 ESPN listeners? Well, between now and March 16th, the Chris Lindahl team is giving away a free listing side commission, which includes all the marketing bells and whistles. If you want to enter, just call 763-401-SOLD or go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K, 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You don't seem like a public menace to me. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. This four-game winning streak for the Wild has been great. But do you know what will be even better? I will tell you. It will be this. Seeing how this team can fall on their faces sometime in the next week and make us all forget about the winning streak. Don't ever trust this bunch. They are just a couple of soft goals by dupes away from going right back in the tank. Four wins in a row could not have come at at worst time for the Wild. You're probably asking yourself, Judd, how can a winning streak ever be bad? I will tell you. Here's the problem. Hope. You have given hope to the players, the coaches, the front office, the owner, and, worst of all, the fans. Don't buy in because this group will only break your heart. That is, if you buy into the hope. Don't buy in, and the first round playoff exit will only be a small bump in the road. You better heed the warning of the Judbot 3000. He does not so like negative. this recent success by the Minnesota Judd, Wild. Judbot is so negative after last night's win over San Jose. Does not like the success. False sense of security. Oh, it's too good. <laughs> 
<laughs> just too good. Uh, people on Twitter here, Vince requesting Judbot three thousand reaction to the trade deadline, or is it? Or does? Or do people want speculation? Because you're definitely going to get reaction to the trade deadline from the Judbot three thousand. I'm sure. I don't know. He wants I don't know if Judbot does he reckless wants speculation. Of what's or going not. on right now is what I think he wants from the bot. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave's here. He's got some questions. All right, let's uh, let's start with football since we were on the Case Teddy. Kirk Cousins talker at the top of the hour. I looked back at the Super Bowl odds report that came right after this past Super Bowl. You know, who's got the best chance to win it in 2019? And the Vikings, depending on where you were looking, were a 12 to 1 or a 14 to 1 shot, somewhere in the neighborhood of fourth to sixth best in the NFL, depending on where you were looking. I assume that was probably with the assumption that it would be some sort of case, Teddy, maybe Sam Bradford combination at quarterback as the odds makers were looking at this. But perhaps I'm wrong. Let's just say the Kirk Kirk Cousins thing happens, and it's Cousins-Teddy, your quarterback combo. How drastically does that change the odds, in your opinion? I, I, I I think they become the third most likely team. I think the Patriots and the Eagles are still going to be one and two. And I mean, the Eagles just showed you it doesn't matter who our quarterback is, we'll win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Uh, so they're going to be uh, one of the top two, maybe number one, and then and then the Patriots. And then I think if if sports books and gambling insiders look at the Vikings defense and say, okay, that thing's going to be mostly still assembled, and Dalvin Cook is going to come back, and they've got two of the top twelve receivers in the NFL, and a sure thing. A novel concept, a sure thing at quarterback. Not like top five Hall of Fame sure thing, but you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. You're going to get and some a, risk. A very established starter. You're going to get, like, he's going to throw some, Kirk Cousins would throw some reckless passes in spots that you don't want. But you know what? Case Keenum did too. And Kirk Cousins has much more of a successful track record than Case Keenum does. And he's never had a great defense. And he's never had receivers like Thielen and Diggs to lean on. Uh, so I, I think they jump from like fifth or sixth to third maybe in maybe in that same ballpark as new orleans and the rams it'll be kind of a toss-up between those teams i'm going to do you one better and say they jumped a second they bypass philadelphia because wow. because here's philadelphia's issue remember when you took philly lightly about a month and a half ago <laughs> well and now i'm bypassing him again i'm doing it again yeah you're right uh here's why philadelphia has um Wentz probably out to start next season. They stay with Foles. The Vikings and Foles, for as as well as he played, was still the backup there. The Vikings have now an established starter signed with an offense that was very productive and a defense that remains very, very good. I think the Vikings become very trendy at that point. I think the Vikings get Cousins. It might be wrong, but I think they become incredibly trendy, and I will actually put them behind the Patriots. Yeah, that's going to be... Um... It's a... It's more of a trendy pick, but I think that that, that gives um, Vegas an emboldened view of the Vikings. Yeah. What happens? So Washington is, I don't know what Washington's doing. It's, the, the Alex Smith thing is just such a <laughs> Daniel weird. Daniel Snyder, you could always ask what Washington's doing. Yeah. All right. Found this on the big lead USA Today, and I found it very interesting. A great, uh, great speculative piece about the all-NBA injury team, they're calling it. Now, uh, they defined it as players eligible for the list 
would have to be guys that have obviously been injured for quite a while, players that have not yet returned from missing lengthy time due to injury or are expected to miss at least a month going forward. All right? Mm-hmm. So the team includes John Wall and now Jimmy Butler in your backcourt. You've got Kawhi Leonard. You've got DeMarcus Cousins. You've got Gordon Hayward and Kevin Love probably trying to get that fifth man, but you've also got a few key pieces off the bench, Reggie Jackson, Paul Millsap, Andre Roberson, etc. There's nine right there. NBA Finals, Golden State Warriors v. All-NBA Injured Team. <laughs> Who's your money on? <laughs> okay, give us that team again. Let me think about this in that prism. Wall, so John Wall. and Butler in the yep. backcourt. Yep. Kawhi, DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins, and either Hayward or Love. One's your five. The other's your first off the bench. Oh, my God. Yep. And then you've also got, what it is it, uh, Reggie Jackson, Paul Millsap Andre, Millsap, Andre Roberson taking on the Warriors in a best of seven. I say I say it goes seven games if that's the case. And Cousins uh, and Bo- Boogie take some stupid shots in game seven. And the Warriors win, so I think it's very it's neck and neck. But I think Boogie ultimately cost you the championship, so I will still go with the Warriors against that All Star injured team. I don't know if it goes seven. I don't know if that team can shoot enough. So Jimmy Butler is not really a shooter. He's he can make some shots. <laughs> He'll take them. John Wall enough. can't can't make threes. So your backcourt can't. All you, you pack the lane. Your backcourt can't make a three. And then the front court, Demarcus Cousins. I think if he really wanted to play lights out defense, he could. But there's just a disinterest factor there. And Kevin Love ain't going to play lockdown defense. He can shoot the three, spot him up in the corner. He Let's can, go. And, and Cousins can shoot threes. I don't know. That's a Even if you gave that Three. team six months to practice, I don't know. Obviously, the individual talent is a little bit deeper and better on the all-injury team. Not to mention, like, are they guaranteed to stay healthy for a seven-game series? That's part of it, too. <laughs> I'm taking the Warriors. Yeah, you got to take the Warriors. Though. I think I'm taking the Warriors. Uh, here's a topic for maybe tomorrow's show. If we were to put together an all-time, all-injury Minnesota team of some kind in different sports, we'd have to come up with parameters, like spent a certain amount of time on the shelf or like career wasn't as fulfilled as it could have been. Maybe that's a pecking order for sometime this week or next week. If it's the Wolves, is Rubio your point guard, Phil? Well, he missed a bunch of games. He'd probably have to be on that list. Nikola Pekovic yeah. would be your starting Pets center. Are five. Well, Kevin Love could be your power oh, forward. Oh, the, wo- the sure. Wolves. I mean, point guard wise, if you were to pick an all injured Wolves Terrell team, Brandon with the foot. Terrell Brandon, Michael Williams, who had, I believe, was the first guy in town to start the plantar fasciitis rage. Uh, Wally Zerbiak, you could have an all plantar fasciitis team. Oh yeah, Shannon Stewart. Then the twins had it. It became a Klein saucer, I, I think. Did he have the plantar? That fasciitus? was that was the rage in this town for about a five year period. Or no, 10-year period, probably. Hmm. Williams started it, and I think Stuart might have been the last one. It was the all-planter fasciitis yeah. packing I, order. I guess it hurts like hell, too, so what the heck. <laughs> yeah, I had it once you know. in fifth grade with the wrong pair of cleats in football. Ta- first year of tackle football. I just you had, had plantar like, fasciitis in fifth grade? I had some like narrow cleats, oh, and no. it caused plantar fasciitis. How long did it keep you out? Or did you just retire? I was mostly a bench player in my fifth grade anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> Who got you the wrong cleats? Is that, is that a parental problem, a coaching problem? I got I mean... to, no, I got to pick out the cleats that I thought felt comfortable at the time. <laughs> but, you know, you wear them around the store for five minutes. You're not out there grinding in fifth grade football practice. Well, be honest, you were probably like a size seven, but you wanted the cool red ones, yeah. but they only came in six. And you're probably. like, oh, I could fit into these, Mom, Stuff I swear. They fit great. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> Uh, earlier in the show, our uh, good friend Paul called and decided he wanted to talk a little wild with his old friend Judd, and not even just wild, 
but talk about their former coach, Mike Yo, who's struggling with his team right now in St. Louis. And that led our guy Judd to say the following. I owe an apology to myself because earlier this <laughs> year, I earlier this year, I, apo- I apologize as the wild scuffled. I apologize to Yozy and said, clearly my calling for his firing was wrong. It was all the players and Mike Yo was a good coach and they fired him. And now, you know what? You're right. I mean, th- this thing in St. Louis is off the tracks. In fact, none other than Kyle Brodziak, a yo guy, essentially uh, came out after the game on Sunday and said, we don't know what they want, and I think he met the coaching staff. So let's look back at the history of Judd and Mike Yo. <laughs> it's very, very, very sketchy. <laughs> Two to three years ago, we'll say Judd was all in on ripping Yozy. He needs to be canned. He can't motivate the players, yada, yada, yada. He, he, he usually would... Judd's complaint was that Mike Yo would play the I'm the boss card too early mm-hmm. in the season and have like the freak out. Yes, and he's yeah. had a freak out or two. We all know that. More recently, Judd has been ripping the room, the players in the room, for not having Yo's back, for having a little mutiny and being a bunch of pigs, basically. Well, now Judd's back to the previous, uh, the, the first stance of yep. Uh, yep, yep. now that he's seen the Blues uh, go in the tank, it's all Yo's fault and he sucks and he's terrible. So my question is simply, when it comes to explaining hockey as far as why a team is performing the way it is, why they're losing, why they're winning, not just telling us what uh, what offsides is, uh, explaining the old two-line pass. The question is simple. You're not my real producer. (laughs) Does Judd Zolgad know anything about hockey? No, but it's not Judd's fault because nobody knows anything about (laughs) hockey. There's a damn expansion team in first place in the Western Conference. It's a bunch of rubber pellets bouncing off breezers and asses and skates, and luck wins out in the end unless you have Sidney Crosby or you're the Blackhawks or Or Jonathan Quick. I owe an apology to myself. That's all I know about today. Today's theme is Judd's apologizing to Judd. In fact, I think the Judd bot should apologize to me too. No, oh. Judd, Judd is not issuing and issuing any apologies. Nobody can explain. You're not my anything. real producer. <laughs> That's all I know. Why don't you say a few words for prime mortgage lending here, Judd? Okay, I might not know a thing about hockey, but you know what I know about what I've been talking to you for weeks about, and that's the folks at Prime and my friend Kent McCullough. And I've been asking you this very simple question. What would you think if I told you a mortgage company's philosophy was this? We would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. It sounds too good to be true. You're telling me, Judd, there is no way that's the case. Well, my buddy Kent and the folks at Prime in Bloomington, that's exactly what they'll do. Don't believe me. I went this weekend and dug up some reviews of Prime's work, some customers who have uh, worked with them, and I've got reviews like this. They're the best, honest answers, and probably most importantly, would recommend Prime to my family and friends, and that's because the philosophy is simple. This isn't about selling you on something. They want to earn your trust first. This is how Prime works and why they are different from the other guys. I want you now to go to Prime's website and check it out for yourself. It's goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. I'll say it again. Go Prime with Kent, K-E-N-T dot com. Equal housing opportunity and MLS ID 69551. Conditions may apply back after this. Phil Mackey. He's pretty irreplaceable for us. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed. Judd Zolgad. Such a good dude. I have the utmost respect for him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motions. Hot Dash 5K and 10 Mile. It's Saturday, March 24th. Bring your Lumberjack best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top-10 U.S. post-race beer garden. 
a lot of other stuff. Live DJ, photo booth activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration is open now. All runners receive a Storm Creek Long Sleep Quarter Zip Tactical Pullover. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. All right, let's... uh. I told Collar to call the hotline here because there's a couple of questions I want to throw at him with this Kirk Cousins slash Case Keenum stuff that's coming across the social medias today. So Ian Rappaport is reporting from NFL Network. The Vikings will not franchise tag Case Keenum. Uh, Gil Brandt is speculating if he were a betting man, Kirk Cousins would go to the Vikings in a few weeks. Collar, here's my question for you. Is this a foregone conclusion if the Vikings aren't going to franchise tag Case Keenum that he's out? Or is there still a chance? Like, should we treat this as if they're saying goodbye to Case Keenum? Or is it, ah, if the market comes back around, he's still an option? How do you read it? I think this is say goodbye to Case Keenum. I I think that they believe that there are better options. And now it's down to Kirk Cousins and Teddy Bridgewater. And that might depend on two major factors. One, how much Kirk Cousins is going to cost. And two, how much they really believe that Teddy Bridgewater can bounce back to being the quarterback he once was and then grow from there and, and be probably even in better. You know, I mean, I think they thought that his trajectory was going up still, that he had not yet reached his ceiling. And if they think that he can jump right back into that, then I think they'll end up going with Bridgewater. But I, I just don't see much of a way that, that they want to match the price with Case Keenum. This is a team that never really seemed to fully buy into Keenum as their starter throughout last year, much less wanting to give him a three-, four-year contract for a bunch of money. I, I think that Denver and Arizona will probably be very interested in the possibility of Keenum becoming their quarterback, especially if the Jets or the Vikings end up landing Kirk Cousins. I think, too, uh, Collar, if people are surprised by today's news, they haven't been paying attention. Because this was, to me now, I can't decide uh, if they're, they're going to go all in in Cousins, which I think they probably will, or if this sets things up for uh, Teddy and McCowan, possibly. Uh, but that being said, the the fact that Zimmer and this offensive staff would choose not to bring Keenum back does not surprise me. As we said, franchising him to us might have made some sense, but when you have a head coach who goes a whole 13-3 and season, basically, and never really once says, that's my guy, that's, that's a coach that clearly has eyes for a different quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all throughout the season, even when Case Keenum was at his absolute best that I'm not sure the Vikings organization ever believed that that was really who he was. The the, the setup that he had last year was incredible. A good offensive line, a good running game, two great wide receivers, a really good offensive coordinator who was immediately hired after the season to be a head coach somewhere else. I mean, I, I think that they felt they got every ounce of good that is in Case Keenum, and he is a good NFL quarterback. He proved that he's much better than we ever would have thought he was. But does that mean you want to lock into him as your franchise quarterback when you might have better options on a win now team? Probably not. And I don't think with his skill set, with his accuracy, his arm strength, his uh, propensity to make the really bad throw at the wrong time, as we saw in the playoffs, I don't think that they ever fully bought into that because they saw other teams drop interceptions or underthrown balls or, or you know wobbly passes that 
Stephon Diggs went up and, and had to make great catches in order to uh, help out Case Keenum there. I think they saw all of those things when they looked back at the tape that we talked about throughout the season and decided, you know what, there are probably a couple of better options here. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I, th- I think you're right. You said this a couple minutes ago. It's either going to be Kirk, I think Kirk Cousins is number one on their list. It's going to be hard to get inside that room and actually look at the whiteboard in which Rick Spielman has all the names that he puts on the magnet board. I think Kirk Cousins is number one unless the Jets want to jack up the price, you know, just far more than is realistic in a cap league. Um, do you think there's any way that Bridgewater would sign on to be Kirk Cousins' backup? No, because I think immediately someone will give him a starting job somewhere else. I mean, if you look at what the Jaguars just did with Blake Bortles, they signed on to him for at least the next two years. If they cut him next year, they have to end up paying $16 million on the cap. And he's a bad quarterback. He's nothing more than just the 20th best quarterback in the league. And they said, well, we better make sure that we keep this guy because we don't want to be left out in the quarterback cold. So if you think about how much they were willing to go in on him or last year, Chicago with Mike Glennon, or if you're talking about Brock Osweiler before that, somebody will be willing to go in on Bridgewater. I mean, last year, to to show how much people like Bridgewater around the league, last year he wasn't even cleared to practice yet, and the Miami Dolphins were calling to see if he was available for trade. I think he's looked at pretty highly around the NFL, and uh, if he was available out there, I think someone would say, all right, you know what, there's a big risk here, but it's probably going to be worth it. So I, I see it as being... Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Josh McCown or, you know, some sort of equivalent backup quarterback, or it's Kirk Cousins and Kyle Sloter, the guy that they uh, brought over from Denver to be on their practice squad and then elevated him later. I I don't think Teddy Bridgewater would accept a backup role for Kirk Cousins. He might accept that he'd have to battle for his job with somebody else who has been a starter before, but I don't think he would say, oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to be the backup for a guy who's clearly our franchise quarterback. Right. All right. Matthew Collar from 1500ESPN.com. I know you guys are going to pump out another Purple podcast today. So if you haven't subscribed to that or if you're not listening to it, it's the best Vikings podcast in town. And then we'll see you in studio tomorrow morning, Matthew. See you, Collar. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. You can follow him, uh, Matthew Collar, C-O-L-L-E-R, on Twitter, too. So just, you know, looking up some Kirk Cousins stuff here during the break. If you take his numbers and where they rank among quarterbacks in the league the last three years, you'd be getting the sixth-best passer rating. You'd be getting the fourth-best yards per attempt. So it's not just dink and dunk with Kirk Cousins. He's throwing the ball down the field. And you'd be getting the third-best completion percentage. He actually led the league in completion percentage in 2015, his first full year as a starter. Now, you also get some reckless throws late. In fact, Collar was throwing out some... You can see this from a lot of football analysts, but... I know Collar had some video of reckless throws in games where you're up by a couple there touchdowns that, and there's that one in the Giants game was awful. Yeah, where there's just no reason for it, yeah. and that type of thing is going to drive Mike Zimmer nuts. But I think to assume if Kirk Cousins does wind up being the guy here in a couple weeks, to assume that a driven, successful quarterback who is only 29, going to be 30 years old, or he's 30 years old, he's it'll be his age 30 season, that he's just like completely capped out his potential. And his mistakes are what they are without any moldability. I think that would be a mistake as well. The, I, there's the, probably more to, to iron out. The important thing to keep in mind about Washington in 2017 was, if I'm not mistaken, he had lost his top two receiving options as well. So that offense took a step backwards as far as uh, personnel goes. Now, what you should have is 
With the Combine this week, the illegal tampering will, will start in earnest when teams get down there probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. So you very well could have have steps towards Cousins signing with either the Jets or Vikings by the end of this week. The legal tampering period then starts on March 12th, and free agency would start, I believe, on the 14th. But if the Vikings are going to make a, a true bid for him, my guess is that they will illegally tamper a lot and probably have something at least possibly worked out as far as the structure goes if they can, if they can exceed what the Jets are going to offer by the end of this week. What would the illegal tampering look like? The illegal Steel, tampering Steel is, text why, do you why like the money, NFL, smiley why, face? Why the NFL? No, <laughs> but I mean, they'll talk to, to his agents. What I don't understand is why does the National Football League, once the season stops, just not all, they should just say, you know what, you're all doing it. So screw it. You can all, like, couldn't you just you like, can all call free agents. This whole thing is just stupid. It's a game. It is kind of weird. Well, I mean, just allow them, once the season is done, allow pending free agents, representatives to talk to the teams. Don't you think it's... It's childish. It's impossible to police, too, because... That's why Drew, they have so the Drew Ro- legal tampering period. Right, but think about this. So, Drew Rosenhaus, or name another NFL super agent. Um, like, just any... Tom Condon. Tom Condon is a good example. Tom Condon represents half the damn league, or, along with Drew Rosenhaus. Yeah, so you're... T- yeah. So, you've got, like, ten guys on your roster that are Tom Condon guys. Correct. And you could be in touch with Tom Condon about any of the guys you have under contract at any given time, and that's what happens. But you're never going to ask about and the other like, clients. And, like, in the middle of that conversation, never once do you say, hey, uh, you know, that, uh, that free agent client you have there, you know, where does his family want to live next to you? No, you would never... Where does his family that, envision putting the kids through school the next five years? That's illegal. You would never do that. But that's clearly what happens, right? Of course it is. <laughs> that's why this the whole thing's stupid. Just allow them to talk. Allow the free agents who are going to be out there, allow them to talk to teams when the seasons yeah. are done. Uh, so Kirk Cousins did take a bit of a dive in some, some categories like QBR. He took a dive to sort of league average last year. And to your point, his top targeted receivers... Were well, Josh Doxson, who I think there's some there's some potential there, but he's still very young and hasn't emerged yet. He's not Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs. Jamison Crowder, who's fine, he's, yeah. but he's just kind of a guy. But he had lost people. Yep. And some guy named Ryan Grant from Tulane, who was a fifth round pick in 2014, caught the second most passes on the team. Mm-hmm. No, he definitely lost Ryan some guys. Grant. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, business is picking up though. Now that the Vikings are not going to franchise tag Case Keenum. Let the reckless speculation continue. More of it on the Purple Podcast to be posted later today. Yep. Uh, and if you haven't downloaded the new 1500 ESPN mobile app, you can you can get rewarded for listening, and you can find all of our podcasts and win prizes and things like that. We're back tomorrow. See you guys.